I, I thought that pharmacy school would be very helpful in every single aspect of medical school. And I'd say it was, it was more helpful in certain aspects, but almost like unhelpful in certain aspects. Welcome to the Physician Pharmacist Podcast, a show designed to shed some light on a very unusual pathway into medicine. I'm your host, Nathan Gartland, and I'm a licensed pharmacist and fourth-year medical student. I'm also the author of PharmD to MD and the owner of the Physician Pharmacist Company. As this podcast has grown, we have had the tremendous opportunity to broaden our scope and explore other non-traditional pharmacy careers. The PharmD opens so many doors, and by listening in, you will have the opportunity to learn from experts in the field on how to start your own journey today. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Philip Burse. Dr. Burse is a licensed pharmacist and current first-year dermatology resident at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Dr. Burse obtained his pharmacy doctorate from the University of Wisconsin-Madison School of Pharmacy from 2011 to 2015, after which he worked as a community pharmacist for three years. During this time, he balanced a full-time staffing position while applying to medical school and continued to moonlight throughout his education. He completed his medical doctorate from the Medical College of Wisconsin in 2022 and has since completed his first year of residency training as an intern. All righty, Dr. Burns, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm super excited to have you know, a really interesting discussion about your, your journey into pharmacy. Um, so let's kick things off. You know, How did you even get started with the profession of pharmacy? Mm-hmm. Well, ever since I was really young, I wanted to be a pharmacist My uh, from a family of pharmacists, my brother, my dad. Um, both went to Madison for pharmacy school. Um, my dad owned a, a small community pharmacy called Good Value Pharmacy in Southeast Wisconsin. And so ever since I was a young kid, he'd, he'd go to work, he'd come home. I would go with him sometimes and it's just what I wanted to be. So, um, you know, ever since I was five or six, wanted to do pharmacy and ended up doing it. Went to um, undergrad for a couple of years and then went to pharmacy school at Madison to do what the family was doing. That's how I got into it. <laughs> so you kind of follow that like legacy perspective where, you know, your father went there and, and everything like that. So that you're just yeah. like, oh, this is simple. It makes sense. I've had this right. early exposure. Um, yep. So it was something that you obviously really liked at that point in time. So yeah. I guess at, at what point then did you realize that you had an interest in medicine? Like that's, uh, it's mm-hmm. pretty crazy to go from working in pharmacy to then go right back to med- or go to medical school after kind of getting away from everything. Mm-hmm. I'd say for me, it was near the end of pharmacy school. Um, I enjoyed pharmacy school. I, I liked the the formal classroom setting. Um, and I, I feel like I didn't really take advantage of pharmacy school as much as I wish I would have, kind of near the end of it, kind of that like that, that reflection point of, oh, I'm almost done. And I, you look back on how it went and you realize, wow, I didn't really maximize this opportunity. Um, I feel like day one, I knew where my job was going to be. I knew I was going to be outpatient community setting. So I, I feel like um, for lectures that I, I felt weren't applicable to me. Um, I, I, you know, I just do what I could to get the good grade and kind of moved on. Um, so I think it was those two things feeling like I had a lot of unanswered questions about why, why certain therapies are chosen, the underlying, you know, pathophys, you dive into those in pharmacy school, but I feel like I, I wanted more. Um, and then secondly, I just didn't, I didn't take advantage of pharmacy school the way I wish I had. And I almost like, wanted a second chance at proving, proving what I could do, you know, in, in, a, in a really intensive, like four-year program. 
um, like medical or pharmacy school. That's such an interesting point that you bring up too, because I, I feel like that that is something that a lot of people experience in the mm -hmm. pharmacy world. Like I like similar to you, there's a lot of legacy people who you know start out in pharmacy super young mm -hmm. or had like some kind of family chain that they were working with, and mm -hmm. you know that was always the dream, that was the ticket. Like you can't do residency, you can't do anything like that because you need to yeah. take over the business when when everything's said and done. Right, yeah. and I think that's like a common thing. And the way you brought that up, I think it's so interesting. Because the psychology behind it is like, well, then what's the point of me learning transplant medications or, or something along those yeah. lines? So you yeah. didn't really have the opportunity per se to, to kind of keep that open book. So, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. So then you went through pharmacy school, you kind mm -hmm. of had like your, your destiny designed for you to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, I guess then you started to take an interest in, in medicine throughout, like, I guess, what point during that three year period of time that you were working after pharmacy school that mm -hmm. you decided this is, you know, I've had enough of pharmacy. I need to try something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, um, I feel like on, it was on graduation day or within the weeks after that I, I had that conversation with my dad. I said, hey, Pops, you know, I, I love, love the company. I love working for you. Um, but I, I think I want to do something else. And, you know, the person I, I fear the most that would have said, no, 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 you should really can reconsider. He said, no, man, I totally support you, son. So he was like gung-ho and supporting me about, pursuing medical school. So um, I, I was naive and I, I threw together an application um, that summer and had, you know, everything put together. You know, MCAT was like, you know, early July and had, you know, um, so, you know, and it, it didn't didn't go well. I, there was not nearly <laughs> enough time to, to have a well, a well thought out application. So I, I did not get in that first year. Um, and then I was like, you know what, that wasn't really a good, a good effort. So I applied again the next year um, and I didn't get in. I applied to, you know, 20 plus schools. So at that point, you're like, huh, so maybe something, maybe this isn't the right fit for me. So I, I applied again a third year just to Wisconsin schools since I knew those would be the highest chance and um, ended up getting on the wait list for MCW. Didn't get an um, interview for uh, the other school and um, ended up coming off the wait list. So I feel like I I think I, I barely got in, um, but, and, and it took a few tries as well. So it was, it's a difficult road. The, the uncertainty <laughs> is, is uh, challenging. It's almost more challenging than school itself. It's because you, you know what to expect every day, but when you don't know what to expect the next day, it's uh, difficult, as you can imagine. Absolutely. I, that's a, mm -hmm. that's a challenge with medicine is like, especially just as myself, as, as a medical student right now, getting ready for the match is mm -hmm. your, your life is not secure. You know, I could be yeah. anywhere, you know, in the next, next year. And so it's kind of a scary thing, all these four years of work and I'm not even guaranteed a position. So, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I, I think that's incredible that you went back. I think a lot of people will do it once or twice and be like, mm -hmm. ah, you know what? You're right. This isn't for me. It didn't work out the first time. And I'm going to give up. I'm going to, you know, th throw my towel in at this point. Mm -hmm. So congrats to you for, for sticking with it. I think that that shows just, uh, you know, a lot about your character. Mm -hmm. and yeah, thank you. <laughs> additionally, I think a lot of students make that same mistake that, that you had kind of mentioned mm -hmm. that you kind of lived that experience where, oh, let's just throw this together. I'm super mm -hmm. competitive from pharmacy school. Like I did great in school and stuff like that. And it'll be, it'll be an easy application. I'll just apply. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's a lot more that goes into it as yeah. you probably come to realize. Yeah. A lot of like uh, little things too, like which schools you apply to, like you mentioned, is very, mm -hmm. very yes. tenuous. You yeah. have to apply to your in-state programs and things like mm -hmm. that and not to apply to like hot, low yield programs and things mm -hmm. along those lines. Mm -hmm. So like, that'd be like George Washington who gets like 15,000 applications every year. 
they interview like 2%, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. their chances are very poor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot going into that. So what was it, what was going through your mind when you took the MCAT the first time? Yeah, I, I um, definitely underestimated it the first time. I'm, I'm really open. I'm happy to share my scores too. So I, um, I went through, I think it was the exam crackers book. I think that's what it's called. This was years ago now. Um, got through the book, did some practice questions, thought, yeah, I'm fresh out of pharmacy. You know, I'm still in school mode. Um, you know, I, I feel like I was a good studier. I put in all the work and I ended up getting a 502, which was like a high fifties or 60th percentile or something. And, mm-hmm. um, that just, that just doesn't cut it. Even, even back in 2015, 20, that just didn't, didn't cut it for being competitive. Um, so I um, kind of thought, wow, this is this is a new ball game. Like I really need to, you know, like pick up my, you know, I, figure out what's going on here. So I studied really hard um, all all for six more months, and then I retook it in January and I scored a five eleven, which at that point was right about average for the for uh, my matriculant into medical school. So um, so that was a that was a huge relief. I mean, that was a, it's a really really hard test, and I wouldn't underestimate it. Um, and I think. You can always retake it. You can take it up to seven times. Um, but schools see those scores. And, like, yes, they like to see improvement, but they also like to see that you do well the first time, too. You know, so, um, yeah. So I, I think that low score really, really gave me a, a lot of motivation to um, study hard for the next one. So, so it's a hard test. And it's hard to say, oh, I was just study for it in eight weeks. It, it just tests in such a wide variety of things and, and test your reading comprehension. It's not just the cards that test your reading comprehension. It's actually all four sections that test your reading comprehension. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I put too much emphasis on like studying from a, a textbook rather than doing practice questions. I think one thing I learned now that I've gone through ho- however many board exams I've done is that practice questions, practice questions, practice questions, that, that that's your ticket. Absolutely. I think that's such great advice. Um, that's like one of the things that like when you sit for the MCAT the first time, it's so different than like mm-hmm. a pharmacy exam, at least in mm-hmm. my experience, like the pharmacy exam, it always felt like here's a huge textbook of information, memorize it word for word, mm-hmm. and then you'll get a question word for word. Totally. Um, versus yeah. the MCAT was more so, and just like even medical school questions, they are obviously more like application based, like pat- mm-hmm. can you recognize this pattern and then apply some extra concepts to it. Mm-hmm. But totally. you're right, 100% reading comprehension, brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not the fastest reader, so that, that was a challenge for sure. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. We had a similar journey too, because I took the MCAT and I got a 497 my first mm-hmm. round. Um, mm-hmm. so that was that was brutal. That was a wake up yep. call for sure. Yeah, And then I got a 510. Um, okay. And then for our listeners, the current actually average matriculant for MD allopathic is 511.9 right mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. it's it continues to raise higher and higher. So make mm-hmm. sure you put your application in. Yeah. Um, yep. But additionally, okay. So I guess what, what other challenges did you face along the way? Do you think like your PharmD made you more unique when it came to like applying to medical school? Was that something that was useful or was it was it almost harder because you had taken time off from school to mm-hmm. apply? Yeah, I, I think in some ways it was easier. In some ways it was harder. Um, I, I felt the first year um, applying, I felt I had a hard time filling out the applications. Like everybody wanted to know your undergraduate degree. And me, um, like many pharmacy students, don't have an undergraduate degree. And my my program didn't, didn't give us one in addition to the PharmD. So... Um, I had a semester of courses to do. So while, while working full time, I did 
two part-time semesters and, and got my undergraduate degree in biology at Parkside. Um, so I think that that might have helped a little bit too. Um, so that was, I don't know, I feel like that was kind of a challenge to have to go back to school, but I think it was actually helpful to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, working full-time and then going back to school full-time was you know, a few classes here and there, and some were upper-level biology classes too. Um, so um, I, I felt the hardest part was not having a resource like you had out there, um, Dr. McGarland. I, I feel like I, I feel like I was alone. I was completely by myself in this huge, vast ocean. You know, every everywhere you look, there's Reddits, there's you know, student doctoral network about um, who knows what degree, but there was nothing for pharmacy out there. So I, I feel like I was kind of alone in like knowing what, how how much do I talk about pharmacy? I don't want to underplay it, but it's also important. But how how important is it? I really just had no clue um, how to do that. And, that might have been part of the reason I didn't get in that second year, where I felt I had a good application, good MCAT score, but I just didn't know how to how to apply it. Um, so, yeah, so I think that was a challenge that um, maybe people won't have as much of an issue with these days with, with what's going on with you. So <laughs> I, I hope that's the case, but yeah, I appreciate yeah. those kind mm -hmm. words there. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a very isolating process, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Like you're you're making this radical transition out of a particular profession mm -hmm. that is, I, I would argue, pretty prideful. And so, you know, mm -hmm. pharmacists are are very happy with the profession as, mm -hmm. as a whole, and they're very protective of it. And so, kind of like trying to explain, like you know, I want to use my pharmacy education, what I learned, to kind of you know amplify my my medical knowledge. Is mm -hmm. you know that's kind of a, one of the ways I try to like tell people how to address it when it comes to kind of you know bringing that up with obviously, you know, your peers and stuff and addressing it like, Hey, by the way, I'm going to med school. A mm -hmm. lot of people will gasp, like, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't, but totally. uh, but yeah. it's isolating. So like you're, mm -hmm. you're kind of alone through that, that whole experience. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you were able to make it through, especially through three application cycles. Mm -hmm. like that's a uh, round of applause for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of saying that made me think of some other things too. Like I, I feel like when I, yeah, you're right. I get, I get a lot of reactions positive, negative, some things, some things I never even thought I would hear from, you know, friends, family, colleagues who uh, heard I was going to medical school. And one of the most notable ones was um, one of my, like, you know, pharmacy preceptors who I respected, and, and he's a very, very good pharmacist. He, he said, oh, you'll, you'll for sure get in, like, you're a pharmacist, like, um, and, and even some family would say, oh, my goodness, your application is so amazing. Like, you have so many things in your pharmacist. And um, so I, I felt this, probably like naive confidence going in. Um, but it's, it's not those people who are reading your application. It's the admissions committee of a medical school who's like you said, getting 15,000 high quality applications. Like um, your pharmacy degree is only gonna get you so far. It, it might get you, oh, interesting, you know, by a, by a committee member, but you gotta prove otherwise that you're, you're ready for medical school. And um, it didn't quite give me the edge I thought it would give me um, having done pharmacy school. I think um, in, in certain ways, it helped a lot. It really helped for residency. Let me tell you, people, that was, that, I feel like that was a big factor for that. But I think for getting into medical school, um, everyone's an even playing field. Like, what's your MCAT? What's your GPA? Like, the, mm -hmm. and then what are your other, you know, other things too, like research and community service and diversity, you know, um, there's just so many factors that in no way is they're going to say, well, he's not qualified, but he went to pharmacy school. So let's bring, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that happened. I, of course, I'm speculating right now, but um, given that it took me three tries to get in, I, I think there were there's um, other facets I had to work on before before getting in. 
Absolutely. It's almost yeah. as if you need like a, a minor in like marketing or something to like get into medical school these days. Like you really yeah. have to put your best foot forward and it has to be mm -hmm. like, like an advertisement almost where right. like, this is who I am. Like, please look at my application, please, please, mm -hmm. please. Right. Um, and so that's what kind of gets you like the pharmacy, like you said, will get you through the door. Like, Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. But then the rest of those pieces and how you kind of articulate those, those you know positive components is, mm -hmm. is half the battle in and of mm -hmm. itself. So, yeah. Um, Great, mm -hmm. great. So obviously we kind of talked a lot about, you know, getting into medical school. So you finally had gotten into medical mm -hmm. school and obviously this is a very momentous moment. Was there ever a point where you're like, oh my gosh, like I, I just climbed this mountain and I finally reached the peak and you're like, wow, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, holy crap, I still have to go back down the mountain. There, there's still a, mm -hmm. a long journey ahead. Was there yeah. ever a point yep. where you were thinking I need to, like, this is enough or like, should I like, am I serious about doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there were like a couple times I felt that way, but but I think the vast vast majority I was just so happy to be there, and I just I like I felt this is my chance to like I don't know you know redeem myself like I mean I did I didn't exercise every every muscle in pharmacy school and I want to do that now like I'm not going to commit to a specialty until you know until mid third year I, I want to keep my options open I want to learn everything I can this is the time to do it so I felt like. You know, 49 out of 50 days, that, that was my thought process. And yeah, on that 50th day, I thought, man, this is like, I'm, I'm paying money to be here to work hard. I could be getting paid to work 40 hours. You know, there were times I felt that, you know, but um, I, I really feel like the theme of, of my medical school was, man, I'm just so happy to be here. Um, yeah, it's hard, but like, I think having like worked in a, in a field for three years, you realize, man, this is just special to be here. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like not, not to dog my other classmates by any means, like, um, but a lot of them had never had a full-time job. And it's like, um, I don't know, medical school seems really hard when you treat it like college, when you stay up till 2 a.m., whether you're studying or hanging out or, and then you sleep until 10 and the next day you got to get it, you know, like, um, I think it's really hard when you, and it, and it feels hard. So I'm not, I'm not trying to like disc discount anybody's feelings about medical school. Um, but when you treat it like a job, I treated it like a job. I would get up early. I would get up before everybody else. I would be traffic into school. I would study all day until five or six. And I was married. You know, I was a little bit older. Um, and I would hang out with my family and my wife, you know, my dog and everything and um, have the evenings off and go to bed at a reasonable time. And I think it that schedule made it very, very, I wouldn't say easy, but it made it easier than it would have been if I had just continued the same college, you know, course that, I, that I'd been doing. So. They said that you do need to change your study schedule a little bit because just the sheer amount of information um, is not really amenable to studying the way you study in undergrad. Um, I just treated it like a job and that made me love it and not seem like it was uh, as stressful as maybe others might have felt. So, Right. I, I love that. It's, it's not as yeah. exactly like all consuming. Like this is mm -hmm. your job. You're going to go into work at 6 a.m. and you're going to leave work at 6 p.m. and then you mm -hmm. leave everything at the door and you go yeah. and live your life with your family and everything like yep. that. And you're mm -hmm. 100 right, like you said. If you start at 10 a.m., well, then that's going to push you to 10 p.m., mm -hmm. and then you kind of yep. start this vicious cycle where you're you're falling behind and, and things yeah. like that. So yep. I think that's a yep. huge bonus that I think pharmacy school, like one of those like hidden gems of like going to pharmacy pharmacy mm -hmm. school ahead of time and having worked like in you know professional retail setting is mm -hmm. you kind of have that professionalism component. You've been through grad school. You kind of know what to mm -hmm. expect. I, you know, I think the the volume for med school is a little bit larger per se, but mm -hmm. it was fair. At least my didactic was very similar to pharmacy, in, in my mm -hmm. experience. Like I, I mm -hmm. wasn't particularly stressed. To, I mean, of yeah. course, you know, stress at time, but um, 
at times, but not particularly like overburdened, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So um, before we jump into like your medical school journey, um, I just want to ask you a quick question. So obviously mm -hmm. a lot of people like to talk about finances and mm -hmm. this is a major decision where you decided to forego a ton of pharmacy income. Mm -hmm. And some people have, especially like yourself, who's been out for a few years, might have a mortgage or, or other kind of expenses that kind of balloon up over time. Mm -hmm. So not mm -hmm. to get too far into the weeds with any of that, but like, how did you address some of these financial concerns? That's a great question. Cause it wasn't just me. I was affecting, it was my wife too. I was married at the time. Um, <clears throat> so that was very difficult, difficult to convince her that this is going to be worth it. Like, you know, we have a good wage, you're home all the time. Now we're going to be making no money and then you're going to be spending money and you're going to be gone more. So that was a difficult, um, difficult to convince her that this is going to be a good thing. And now here we are and we couldn't be happier. We got a little baby at home. So like th things are, things are great, but it was really, really hard. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't underplay that, that it can be very difficult, especially if you're, um, bringing someone along with you in that journey too. Um, I think as far as the finances go, like, um, you know, I, I was, I was raised to be very frugal by, by my parents. So I, I, I think I had a, a knack for like, um, you know, oh yeah, and someday I'll have a lot of money. So might as well just spend money today. I didn't really have that. I still don't have that mindset. I, got, I still think you know, live, live within your means. And, um, I think what really helped me though, was, was working for three years, um, before going to medical school. Sure. Like medical school is very, very expensive. Um, it's, I think you probably know the numbers, um, Nate, but, um, 55,000 is, is probably like what you, what you expect to pay per year. Um, and that's not like that's just straight up how much you pay. Not like, oh, after taxes, it's only 35. No, it's 55 a year you pay, no matter how much you make. So it's pretty crazy to think about those kind of numbers. Um, but I think we're, having worked for three years before that um, helped kind of bridge it a little bit. You know, I paid for some of the um, earlier tuition, like, you know, out of pocket earlier to not have to, uh, you know, pay interest down the road on some of those. And we didn't even had enough to put a down payment on, on a house um, my, our, after my second year as well. So, um, I, I feel like I can't, I can't give super great advice on this because I feel like I'm different than maybe the typical farm D to MD applicant where my wife was a working teacher as well. So like, um, you know, she was making a full-time salary. She had great insurance, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you get into medical school right out of pharmacy school, that's great. Don't be like, no, I'll work a year and apply again. No, go to medical school. You got in, don't, don't mess around. But if you have the chance to work for a couple of years, and make a little bit of money, get your feet wet in a career um, before you go back. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend against that, and, and don't feel like oh, I didn't get in the first time or second time. No, you know, you've made it. You've made a good living. You've, you've hopefully got some savings, paid off some pharmacy loans. Um, Hundred percent, you've gotten experience in, in, the, in the in the in the working world. Um, and the crazy part is, even when you finish pharmacy school, you keep learning. It's crazy. You keep. <laughs> I, I learned so much my first two years of, of being a pharmacist. It's, it's it's incredible. The learning does not stop, and that's probably even more so the case in medicine too. I've I've learned way more in the last year of residency than like medical school. It's it's crazy how much how much you you realize you you get to learn. Yeah, I think that's such great advice. Like, especially if you're kind of on the fence about going to medical school, or mm -hmm. it's one of those things you just want to you know try out, but like. You, like you said, you have commitments, you have family things you need to address. Mm -hmm. You just want to work in pharmacy for a few years and just make sure like this is absolutely like, and who, who knows, it turns out you work for a couple of years and like, I love this. I love the lifestyle mm -hmm. it affords. 
And, you know, you kind of avoid a, a costly mistake of which could be potentially going to medical school when you're totally happy with where you are. Yeah. So yep. I, I think that's great advice. Like if you're not sure, then why not give it a try? I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like you're right. If you know for sure you want to go to medical school, don't take, you know, yeah. don't, don't work, just go. But mm -hmm. um, you're, you're definitely right. You should definitely sample mm -hmm. a lot of the, the pharmacy world because there's a lot to offer. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All righty. So let's talk a little bit about your medical school experience. Mm -hmm. um, so were you, to kind of address the, the working component, were you mm -hmm. able to work throughout medical school too? And how many hours were you working on average? Yeah, I worked on average about eight to 10 hours a week throughout between the four years of medical school. So, you know, first and second year, that might've been up to 12, 15 hours a week at times, you know, not non-exam weeks. And then third year, you're just in the clinic all the time. So that I kind of, you kind of back down to six or so. And then fourth year, I picked it up a little bit to eight or 10. So I bet I averaged between, you know, nine or 10 hours a week. Which is great too, because it gives mm -hmm. you a little bit of supplemental income to, yeah. to kind of yeah. play around with that you don't feel as bad, like taking out extra, I, I guess you won't mm -hmm. have to take out as many loans after that too. And mm -hmm. I feel like uh, individuals who work, like you, you know, the value of the dollar a little bit more, like a, a mm -hmm. lot of students will just get like this massive lump sum of cash from their, mm -hmm. their loan. And then they're like, oh, like it's fine. Like let's frivolously spend it on like yeah. coffee every yeah. day and yep. <laughs> little things like that. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that definitely just kind of puts a mindset together where you're like, I'm not going to like, wow, I just worked, you know, six hours after my 12 hour day. Like that was miserable. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not buying, I'm, I'm doing mac and cheese tonight. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're totally right too with working. The first two, two years are a little bit easier to get through. Um, but when you hit that clinical phase, like don't anticipate on working for all the listeners who are, are thinking like, oh, I'm going to work all four years. Third year is, is very challenging. Uh, mm -hmm. The hours are, are kind of all erratic and you're mm -hmm. out of control. It's out of your control for a lot of things. So it's very difficult to just get scheduling taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Your boss will say, Hey, what are your hours next week for you working? I, I honestly don't know. I don't know what I, <laughs> when I'm going to be working next week. It's crazy. Like it, it was, that was probably one of the hardest parts was like, Hey, can you work this Saturday next month? I, I have no clue. I'm not sure if I'm going to be on that day. Or not. <laughs> I'll, I'll text you, you know? four days in advance and hopefully yes, he's going to Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, so finding like a, an opportunity like that, like working in like a, a community pharmacy mm -hmm. or like a long-term care facility is something like I recommend like people find like working in the hospital, it might be a little more challenging. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not really sure what the scheduling's like, but mm -hmm. usually you need like a residency now to even get a position yeah. there. So oh, true, true. Yeah. Um, alrighty. So obviously you worked throughout medical school. Mm -hmm. Um, how you, you kind of said that like it, medical school wasn't too challenging for you because of the, mm -hmm. I guess like the professionalism component and like the treating it like a job. Mm -hmm. So I guess like to get your like more formal answer, like what, how was pharmacy school different from medical school and which one I guess was like, you know, easier or more difficult, would you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. I've been asked that and I haven't really like come up with a great answer. Um, they were both hard though. Like um, pharmacy school, um, the sheer volume of content is, is, I would say not even comparable. Medical school volume is, is just so much more. Um, but the, the kicker is that um, there is nothing is complicated. It, you, you're given a stack of things to learn and you just learn it. There's, there's no, there's minimal calculations. There's nothing that's complex and you see to, to lean back and really think about it. There's not a whole lot of that. Maybe like cardiac pulmonary, pulmonary physiology is, is a next level above other things. But, um, the things you learn in pharmacokinetics and, um, and things, and it's way more complicated, which is why I felt in some ways pharmacy school was harder. Just to, that's like the, um, the, the quality was maybe a bit more difficult to learn. Um, 
but just the volume of medical school, I had to study a lot more. Um, and I had to like really refine my study techniques. Um, and I, I don't think I was really expecting that. I, th I think I was, um, in pharmacy, you're exposed to a ton of things in the medical world. Um, but there's just so much out there that I could never, never imagine. I still, I'm like, wow, that disease exists. That's crazy. <laughs> All the time I'm doing that. It's wild. Yeah, there's so many just miscellaneous like zebra diseases that you're like, oh, wow, like this is this is wild. Like, how do we yeah. find out this uh, exists? I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know. It's, it blows right. my mind. But yeah. you're right. Like a lot of the pharmacy concepts we learn, especially like you said, pharmacokinetics, they mm -hmm. do a little more like abstract thinking yes. almost where yep. it's like kind of hard to conceptualize versus with medicine. It's like this is, you know, this is an arm. So like what is the pathology of this mm -hmm. arm? You know, something as yeah. simple as that um, versus yeah. like you know, a molecular target with a drug that's hitting, mm -hmm. you know, particular regions. Right. I, I, I agree think, with you. Yeah. I kind of just, yeah, kind of more thoughts come popping up too, as we're talking. Um, I, I thought that pharmacy school would be very helpful in every single aspect of medical school. And I'd say it was, it was more helpful in certain aspects, but almost like unhelpful in certain aspects too. I think as pharmacists we're presented with you know, all the exam findings, all the history kind of like done for us in a lot of ways, but we have the, the diagnosis and uh, we're the experts on treating that diagnosis. And, um, you know, but you're lumped in with every other student who has no healthcare experience. Um, and you're expected to learn the, the basic sciences of biochemistry and, you know, um, you know, protein structures. And you're just, you're thrown back in the day one and you're like, oh, give me the drugs, give me the diagnosis. But you have to wait, you have to wait for that. Um, so that was really hard to think like, wow, I have, I have all this knowledge on like therapeutic treatments and options. And like, I have to go back to learning, you know, amino acids and, and everything. So, um, but you've forgotten a lot of it. I, I had forgotten a lot of it. So it was, I, I still learned a lot every single day, but then you come to pharmacology, um, and everybody else is learning a new language and you've been speaking it for seven, eight years, you know, mm -hmm. assuming you've had some technician experience before medical school too. So like, that was really fun. And um, it was, I feel like the tests were easy, um, because they tested on the basics and the core fundamentals, but lecture, I actually surprisingly learned a lot. I picked up a lot of nuances. It's like when you have this baseline knowledge, you can pick up on some of the nuances of, of drugs and, and classes and mechanisms. And so I felt that was, that was me. I was picking up on a lot of like the, the little nuance uh, details. Um, so I learned a lot, even in pharmacology. I think that's a, that's a great point too. You also address like first year is, is kind of like back in, you go back in time almost. And you're like, Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. why, why am I doing this all again? Like this is, this yeah. is wild, but you mm -hmm. kind of, I, when you go over, I guess like a third or fourth pass of this material, you kind of pick up even more and more information, like you're saying, and you're like, wow, mm -hmm. I guess I really didn't yep. understand that as well as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. um, and, but you're right. It certainly can be frustrating when you're like, Oh gosh, like just give me the drug questions. Like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yep. All righty. So yep. you obviously progressed through medical school. You were kind of working and plugging and chugging. Mm -hmm. uh, at what point did you realize that you had an interest in like dermatology? And, and for our listeners, like dermatology is like the crown like residency <laughs> application. It's like in, impossible to get into. It's very, it's probably the most competitive mm -hmm. um, specialty to get into. Like if you're like, you hear someone's going into dermatology, like, oh, geez, like they're geniuses. <laughs> so well, I guess well, thank what, you. What did I you, appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah not, not to talk you up too much, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like year to year, it kind of dukes out with plastic surgery and ENT as being the most competitive. Um, I, I think knowing that, um, made me like not really consider it early on. Um, I think I had an interest in it. I feel like some of my like questions before going into medical school were like, um, 
we kind of have an arsenal of topical medicines to recommend over the counter as pharmacists. Um, but I didn't really have a great idea of when to offer which one, um, you know, like, you know, how do you differentiate like an eczematous like plaque versus, versus a tinea infection? I, I was like, I don't really know. They're both round and scaly. Like, how do I, <laughs> how do I know whether, and the scary part was like, well, if I, I can just give hydrocortisone, but it can make the tinea infection worse. So I, those were among the many, many questions I had that kind of drew me to medical school. Um, so I, I feel like I always had an interest in dermatology, even, you know, first and second year. Um, but I promised myself I would, I would not decide until third year, um, just to make sure I maximize those first two years. And I really think that mindset helped. I did research in endocrinology, family medicine, you know, a bunch of other things too. Um, so, you know, like most, I think the stats are like, if you took a hundred medical students day one and, and all of them knew what they wanted to do over half of them will, will, will change their mind. So I feel like I knew those stats and I thought I'm not going to commit to anything. So a lot of things maybe not commit right away. Um, so it was always kind of in the back of my head, like, oh yeah, good schedule. I actually think the skin is interesting. Um, but I never thought I would be able to do it. I thought, wow. So that's for someone else who, um, who does, who does really great. You know, I kind of thought I was just going to be an average, average student, pick internal medicine, going to, you know, um, not, nothing's wrong with internal medicine. Just saying like a, a lot of people go into that, um, but I think as medical school went along, I felt like I was doing really well. I was like, oh, my, my test scores are, are doing really well, um, you know, just in the basic sciences. And I found a lot of volunteer experiences that were unique. I think being a pharmacist allowed me to do a lot of things that other, other students couldn't do. Um, yeah, I could volunteer as a pharmacist in free clinics. So when my, a lot of my peers were doing the, um, you know, volunteering in the free clinic as a history gatherer or a physical exam um, kind of clinician, I was the one in, in the pharmacy like verifying meds, dispensing meds, doing teaching of my other colleagues in my class. So I felt that was a really unique experience. And, and I, I was an other, you know, like city clinics, I could be the pharmacist for it too. So that was, uh, I feel like I was continually being set apart um, by doing these unique experiences. And um, I, I really dove into a lot of research projects. My, I, I, I didn't do any um, New England Journal of Medicine. I, did, I didn't have any like really prestigious papers, but my, my, my threshold for getting into research was just so low. I was like, you know what? It's an opportunity. I'm going to do it. So I did a lot of random things, but it really like gave me a wide experience in research too. Um, and, and I got to know a lot of people who um, knew a lot of people too. So um, that was really helpful. So I, I think a lot of these things I realized, oh, I'm actually able to like stand out in all these different facets of like, you know, my test scores are, are doing well. I, I, I had this like, six to six, you know, kind of study, study routine going where I worked hard, really hard every single day. And, um, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of research and I was, I was writing papers, even the first year I was, I was writing some papers and, um, getting some publications, um, and then getting unique volunteer experiences. So I think I, I at some point I felt like, wow, maybe, maybe I am more like able to do some of these more competitive things. And, um, I think at the same time I was ruling things out because I realized how long they took. I thought, oh, wow, it'd be cool to be an oncologist. There's a lot of, a lot of sweet medications in oncology, but I thought, oh, well, that'll take me six years and potentially two moves. <laughs> and like my, yep. my, my wife was like, no, we're not going to move twice. Like we're, we're, we can consider moving once for residency, but not for, so I, I kind of narrowed things down to like, um, things that didn't require a fellowship. So that's like emergency medicine, four years, you know, one res anesthesia, um, ENT, dermatology, um, 
those were kind of the four things. There's other things too, like physical medicine and um, psychology and neurology, but those were things I wasn't as interested in. So I, I kind of narrowed things down to those four. Um, and then I, I took my first step, step exam and thought, wow, like um, I, I am competitive enough for, so that was when I narrowed things down to like Durham and ENT. Um, mm -hmm. And then that was a hard decision. Those were a hard few weeks because I, I loved both of them. Um, but I, I realized that I liked clinic more than surgery. So that was how I ended up, ended up on Durham. So, Wow. Uh, definitely a lot to unpack there. I think it's, uh, yeah. I mean, just to kind of, uh, kind of piecewise it. So you, you obviously mentioned that I, I love how you, you said that you didn't go into medicine, like thinking like, I want to do X or like kind of like mm -hmm. what you did with pharmacy school where like you, you basically kept the book, book open. Um, and I think that's like mm -hmm. such a good idea to have because I feel like that you're right. There's a lot of people who start medical school and they say, I want to do this. I want to be a orthopedic surgeon from day one. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. never look at anything else. Then they get to the end of the road and they're like, well, you know, I kind of wish I, I, you know, looked at other careers and other specialties because I never mm -hmm. gave it that opportunity. Not to say that they're unhappy with where they are, but it's yeah. just like one yep. of those things, that curiosity component. So I think it's cool that you kind of left the book open to some degree. Um, and then obviously the, the fellowship consideration, you're right. Mm -hmm. Like oncology would be a perfect, you know, fit for uh, someone with a pharmacy background mm -hmm. because there's yeah, so many totally. medications involved yep. with that. It kind of, it's, mm -hmm. it's almost like a perfect blend of, um, mm -hmm. but again, the fellowship consideration, the duration, those are, mm -hmm. those are major factors that yep. I mean, kind of come to light as you progress through medical school and you're like, wow, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a little more tired now. I don't know if I can do six more years. <laughs> yeah. Especially those um, who went to pharmacy school, like. That means you're already a couple years behind. Not that you're like, you know, like you're just be, you're just. I should say your your age is older than the average for your for your school. I can almost guarantee it if you've gone to pharmacy school. I I know I was mm -hmm. four years older than four or five years older than the rest of my classmates. So, absolutely. And yeah. additionally, too, though, like I guess another positive component about the the pharmacy background is that I, you probably were a lot more familiar with maybe the research side of things. Not to say that in applicants, like traditional mm -hmm. applicants, don't have research exposure, but mm -hmm. you're working. I, I guess you're you're have you're working in the clinic in the hospitals doing like some like high end like I guess like clinical research, and so mm -hmm. that probably like mm -hmm. kind of gave you uh, maybe somewhat of a head start when it came to to like jumping on research early on in medical school. You said you were doing mm -hmm. stuff in your first year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. So yeah, it, that... it certainly helped. Um, even, even if, even if you still had to stay up all night writing, writing papers and manuscripts, like just, I think just like the, it's, it's a soft skill. It's like the mindset of, of being a pharmacist and having worked full time and having just been in a hospital as a professional, just, mm -hmm. it, it helps in every single way. And in some ways it's very, very clear. Like, Yes, on your board scores, you're going to score very, very high in your pharmacology. You know, like some ways it's objective, some ways it's it's hard to explain. Like just having the mindset of a, of a pharmacist just helps in like so many facets that like someone outside of that field maybe not maybe won't understand. Absolutely. And on average, how many research projects does like a dermatology applicant have uh, mm -hmm. in general? Like were you kind of close to that range or were you, mm -hmm. you know, just hoping, I guess, like, I'm assuming you were probably pretty close or above. <laughs> yeah, I think I was close to maybe I was maybe even a little bit above average, even for a dermatology applicant. Um, mm -hmm. I think these these I'm pretty sure you should be you could be able to find these stats on the NRMP uh, like dot com like data set, so you can find the average number of of uh, research kind of um, whatever research qualities or research points that that applicants have. Um, 
So I, I think it's around, I think I probably did like 15 or so. Um, and that's, I think a little bit above average. Um, but the kicker is like, that includes everything from like, um, presenting an abstract, um, to, you know, a, a, to in like a, in a small, like presentation just to your university up to like a first author, uh, with JAMA. So those are both, both count as one. Um, so the, the number is, is a little bit de deceptive because is if, if I did 15 little abstracts, um, you know, presentations just, just locally, and then someone has a JAMA dermatology first author manuscript with someone who's well known in the field, what's better one or 15? I think, I think, you know, the answer. Um, so it's, I think quality is very important too, especially later on. Um, I, I wouldn't care as much about quality early on, just dive into anything you can, um, early on. But, you know, I think like for dermatology, you it's, it's good to get one, one dermatology, um, like manuscript or any field you're going into that's competitive, get, get one in that field. And if it can be in JAMA, great. If not, it's not a huge deal, but like, you know, quality is very important too. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't chase a number because that's going to be evident on your residency application. You know, like they're going to say, oh, he's just, he's doing every, like, um, like they, they want to see like consistency and quality. Um, so like I, the, a project I got into, which, um, it was addressing topical corticosteroid phobia amongst adults, you know, parents of kids with, um, eczema or atopic dermatitis is the, is the medical name. Um, so I, I was able to, as a pharmacist, I was able to like create lecture slides on topical corticosteroids, mechanisms, side effects, you know, how to choose which one. Um, and then I was able to, uh, like give the lecture. Um, and then before the people heard it, I would give out a survey kind of like getting a, a feel for what the, the people knew about topical corticosteroids. And then after the lecture, I gave them the same survey and then they answered some questions and then kind of gave their, and I was noting if there were differences in, in how like the providers or residents like felt about steroids, if they were safe or not safe. And then, um, if they answered questions correctly versus incorrectly before versus after. So, um, because I was a pharmacist, I was able to say, Hey, I've got experience you know, in like dispensing these and learning about these. So like you can, where I, where I don't think another student with this, with the biology degree could have given that lecture and like expect the people to have, you know, changed their answers before and after. So, so that was the project I worked on. And that was probably my, my biggest dermatology project that was during third year that helped me get into dermatology residency. Um, so I think, um, one last thing here. So I think it's really important that, um, every, everything you do is about making connections with dermatologists or whoever's in your field. Um, cause if, you can do everything you can, but if you don't have a good letter of recommendation that can talk about your qualities, um, it limits your research. It limits everything. You need to have someone vouch for you, especially in these small competitive fields. Dermis is one of a few of those. So, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of the the life rule. It's it's about who you know and like kind of mm -hmm. building and facilitating those connections early on in medical school is, is mm -hmm. so important. So finding one of those mentors that you really just vibe well with who's in that particular field that you're interested in. Uh, I mean, that, that will go, that will help you way more than maybe like squeezing in an extra random research project here yeah, and there. Totally. Sure. Totally agree. Um, mm -hmm. so I just had a few more questions. We're kind of getting towards the end of the interview mm -hmm. here, but, um, I actually did pull up the MRN. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that, um, the like match data as well. And mm -hmm. I just had, mm -hmm. I had a quick question. I was curious. So I'm looking at the MD seniors match summary and for dermatology, yep. it says there's only 13 programs, 29 positions. Oh. Is that yeah, like that's, a that's statistical? 
<laughs> so if you, if you, I, this is funny. If you scroll a little bit down and go to the PGY2 data. Oh, so there, there, there are, um, this is now, now we're getting in the weeds, but this is uh, just, <laughs> so there's some dermatology programs that take you in, um, for your first year of residency. Um, but those are often like combined internal medicine dermatology programs. So those are like your five-year programs that where you, when you finish, you're both a dermatologist and internal medicine board certified. Where for me, I did a, a separate intern year of residency at, at Aurora, and now I'm doing my three-year dermatology residency. So that would be like, I'm a first year, um, but I'm, I'm a PGY2. Um, so hope that kind of makes sense. Most, yeah. most dermatology programs start at PGY2. And then how long so just, is like the yeah. dermatology track in general? Is it four years total? It's like, four like years. Intern yep. Year? yep. Okay. So they call it the one plus three. So one intern year, which is just, you see everything from, mm. you know, kids, adults, EM, family medicine, and then years two through four, you just hundred percent dermatology. So, right. Okay. So it's kind of like anesthesia as well, where they have like the, yes, the very CA similar, one, very similar. Two and yep. three. Okay. Totally. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Um, and so uh, I guess my last like, question about dermatology at this point is, are there like fellowships offered after, afterwards? Like I know like Mohs surgery is like some kind of mm -hmm. subspecialty that mm -hmm. uh, I kind of like is like the buzzword that pops up when people say like dermatology. Yeah. So yep. what, what kind of options are out there and have you considered something like that? Yeah, there's, um, there's four main fellowships. So one would be Mohs surgery, um, mostly treating, you know, keep, um, like cutaneous carcinomas, so like basal cell and squamous cell carcinomas, typically on like cosmetically sensitive areas where um, you can't you can't get a half you know half centimeter margin around the eye, so you need Mohs to to do that for you. Um, so that's one fellowship. Um, so it's kind of more focusing on the surgical aspects of dermatology. Um, no general anesthesia; it's all local. Um, and then there's also dermatopathology. Um, so there's a lot of looking under the slides uh, microscope in dermatology. Um, so you can focus in a year on that and be a, um, dermatopathologist. So those are kind of like the, the, the well-rounded dermatologists because they, they can read their own slides. They can do clinic, they can work in the hospital. Um, so those are dermatologists that can really do everything. Um, even they can even do excisions too. So, um, those are, they're kind of the jack of all trade dermatologists or the dermatopathologists. Um, and then there's, um, pediatric dermatology. So that's also a one-year fellowship where, um, you can, you can work at a children's hospital and see complex medical pediatric cases. So general dermatologists can see kids, um, but they don't see, um, the complex pediatric cases or, and they can't work in a children's hospital. So, mm -hmm. um, like in my practice, you know, if, if I were to work uh, for a private practice, you, you could see a 13 year old for acne, even though they're pediatric age, um, even, even other pediatric things too. But, um, and then the, the fourth, the fourth one would be like cosmetic dermatology. So, um, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a big, you know, you, you all know what that is, fillers and lasers and, um, and Botox and whatnot. So those are all one year fellowships. So, wow. Some are two, but most, most are one. Um, and are and I, one? um, if, if I would consider one, I would consider, I, I would say pediatrics or Mohs. Um, but it's another year, you know, I, I've got a kid. I'm just, I'm kind of ready to be like, um, ready to be done, ready to just be like, okay, I'm in my career now. So it's one more year of maybe having to move and, and, um, MCW doesn't have a Moe's fellowship. They have a Peds fellowship. So that would require Madison or Chicago. I, I'm in the Milwaukee area. So that's kind of a downside, but, 
but what, if you if you did Mohs, you're treating only a few things, you know, like where I, I like the diversity of seeing anything in dermatology. There's 3000 dermatology conditions. So that's uh, you still even though it's a specialty, there's still a ton <laughs> of different things to see in it. So which which makes me feel like I'm in medical school all over again, which which I enjoy because I like medical school. Uh, but there's there's a lot of, you know, basics to learn even after medical school and residency. So Fantastic. Well, best of luck with uh, kind of coming down mm -hmm. to that final decision. I know that's a, a big, mm -hmm. big transition to have to move a, another time after that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe that pediatrics option just gets uh, better and better as you as you look mm -hmm. at it. Um, mm -hmm. So, like I said, we're getting towards the end of the interview at this point in time. Um, so I just had a few final questions kind of mm -hmm. more about like lifestyle, uh, if anything. Yeah. So do you have any like hobbies outside of medicine? Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I, I love to stay active. Um, so especially during this time of the year when it's when it's nice outside, you know, I like to. Um, I've got a you know wife and a, a baby and a dog, so we like to go for walks outside, like to hike a little bit. Um, but I also enjoy playing sports too. I love I played pickleball this weekend, so my hips are a little bit sore. Um, <laughs> I like ping pong and tennis. I love play some paddle sports and and whatnot. And also I also uh, I love board games too. Like uh, you know, as a kid growing up, you play the classics, and then um, you know. You, as you grew up, they come up with better, better games like Settlers of Catan, you know, stuff like that. So I, I, I'm a sucker for a good board game, even even card <laughs> games like Curbage or uh, Sheep's Head, stuff like that. So nice, nice, yeah. And also keep in mind that you're a resident too, so like that's uh, not a lot of time for for hobbies per se. But... Yeah, totally. You, you pick the ones that are like the most important and you stick with them. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And mm -hmm. so I, I guess the next like follow up question is like, what are mm -hmm. your like personal, professional or even like business oriented mm -hmm. goals that you'd like to accomplish in the next five to 10 years? Mm. So it's a great question. Um, it just like it just changes so much, like depending on your on your life phase, you know, like if you asked me that five years ago, I, I would like I, I would have had a totally different answer than, than I have today, you know, like. I don't know, like, um, I, I, I think at that point, I, I really wanted to be like a big name in research um, and be like, just be the top. Um, but I, th I think like, my, my goals are, are different now. I think I'm a little bit more family oriented. Um, and like, I, I love my job, I'm going to work very hard in my job. Um, but I realized that when like 530 hits, I'm home, and I'm going to be with my kids and with my family. And so like, I think my goals would be like to have um, either like, my own practice in dermatology, um, or like, or work for like, um, a, a multi-specialty group, like Aurora, for example, um, where I can have connections with rheumatologists and plastic surgeons, you know, right, right in the group already. I, I think I just want to have a, a good, a good solid practice where I'm spending adequate time with patients. Um, I know how to like diagnose and treat. And when I don't know what to do, I have a, I have a, an algorithm for what to do. So, um, I think so. Some of those goals are like not at all lofty. I think they're all like, extremely attainable. Um, but yeah, I, I um, do. I want to get into research. I'm still trying to decide if I want to make that part of my practice or not. But um, it's just crazy, crazy how things change. But um, I, I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happy with the field that I've I um, feel blessed to be into, and with you know my life outside of work too. So I just feel like very, very blessed. I love that. Well, congrats on all the all the success. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I guess my, my final question for today mm -hmm. is, do you have any last minute wisdom for pharmacy students or other non-traditional healthcare professionals interested mm -hmm. in pursuing a career in medicine? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me, let me think about that just for a second. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I would say I would say just just go for it. Um, you know, don't um, if you if you have the inkling that you want to do it, you should you should go for it. And the worst that will happen is that you won't get in, and you can be a pharmacist, which is an amazing job. Um, there's so many amazing things about being a pharmacist. People respect you. Um, you, you have this knowledge base that no one else has. Um, you have this, even, even though like, you know, doctors have, they use medicines, they prescribe, you have this, this view of medicines that no one else has. So that you are a unique, uh, you are a unique like healthcare provider. Um, so just go for it. The worst that can happen is that you're still an amazing, like amazing provider. So, um, and if you really are gung ho about getting in, don't underestimate the process, you know, work hard. Um, and there's, there's tons of ways to get advice about, um, you know, getting into medical school. And I would say, trust the experts like, like, like in this and, um, you know, so, um, don't just assume that you're, you're golden to get in, ask an expert they're the ones who, who are seeing people like you over and over and over and over again. So, um, yeah, it might, it might feel expensive to have to pay someone to look over your application. It might, but, um, compared to quarter million in, in tuition debt, you'll say that a thousand was worth it. So, yeah. Absolutely. It kind of puts things into perspective. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. all righty. And yeah, definitely go, go with it. Like if, if you have mm -hmm. an inkling or a thought of doing it, why not just put mm -hmm. an application and make sure it's well formulated because, uh, you know, that'll hurt your chances in the future. But I get mm -hmm. so many pharmacists reach out to me and say, I wish I had thought of this, or I always wanted to do this, but I never did and life got in the way. And so now it's too mm -hmm. late for me or something like that. When, mm -hmm. Realistically, maybe it's not too late for them, but they, they kind of have that mindset already. So if yep. you have like yep. a little concern, or I guess like where you're thinking about it, what do you got to lose? Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So we've come to the end of our interview today, and I'd like to thank all of our mm -hmm. listeners for the, all the support. Uh, if you have any additional questions about the medical school journey, please check out my website at www.physicianpharmacist.com. Before we let you go, Dr. Burse, how can our listeners get in touch with you or hear more about you? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email if you'd like. Um, so put it in the chat or, or Dr. McGarland can share, but it's just P, P Burse at mcw.edu. So P B E R C E at mcw.edu. All right. Well, perfect. Thank you again for being on the podcast today. I recognize you're an extremely busy individual. Mm -hmm. You're going into clinic in like 30 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. So I, I really yeah. do appreciate your time. Um, and hopefully it's not too long of a clinic day for you. No, well, it's just a usual day, right? <laughs> clinic all day. It's dermatology. So <laughs> getting used to it. Excellent. All yeah. righty. Well, take care. Yeah. Thank you. Take care, everyone.